Good morning. Yep, that sounded like 2020. Good morning. Hi, my name is Brian. I am the student pastor here at the fellowship, and I love every minute of it. Minute of it. But before we start, our lead teaching pastor, his name is Justin Lett, bald-headed guy. He is a graduate from the University of Florida, uh, if that means anything. But he, he is a huge, uh, who, whoever did that, uh, God's here for you. Listen. He's a huge, huge Florida fan, and Alabama played Florida. And, but I said, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, I'm not going to rub it in, right? Not going to take that moment to, to yes, I am. Roll Tide, Justin, Roll Tide. So thank you for being here this morning. I hope you had a great Christmas and, and a good New Year. And I know a lot of people, I hear a lot of people talking about 2020's gone. And I remember talking to my wife and daughter, and I'm like, Does, do people know something about 2021 that I don't? Because, like, I woke up on, thank goodness, I woke up on 2021, and it f- still felt like 2020. I'm hoping you guys are right and I'm wrong, right? That 2021 is the best year yet. But if I say 2020, no doubt it will spark some kind of emotion in you. Whether it be anger, disappointment, maybe you lost friends, maybe marriages are in trouble, maybe you lost family members, uh, maybe you lost them to COVID in the middle of this pandemic, and maybe people lost jobs. It's just so, the list is long that we could say 2020 was a very, very tough year. The thing about it is, in the United States of America, as God was speaking to me through this, in the United States of America, uh, and you may not know this, the average term of a youth pastor is a year and a half. I have, or I'm going on my fifth year, and I'm so thankful for that, and it's not of me, God has placed me here, it's just the people he placed around me are so incredible Because God knows what all kind of messed up I am. And 2020 was the toughest year yet. There were so many times that I felt like a failure, that I was disappointing to my wife, disappointing to my kid, disappointing to our students, disappointed to the staff that I work with. And I carry that. I've battled that my whole entire life. Failure disappointment and 2020 just punched me in the mouth and spiritually I took a huge huge hit because it was so many times I remember talking to God in my car because see unlike you guys God can understand my grammar because he created me right and he's like I understand your double negatives or I don't know maybe God's up there talking to to, to Peter and he's like I don't understand what this guy's saying so maybe that's why Jesus is the translator between us and God that Romans talks about. But I, I was telling God a lot of times, like, God, are you done with me here? Because there's so many times that you have felt the same way and you may feel that way this morning. I'm just not qualified. I'm not qualified to be a good husband, a good father, a, a good youth pastor, or a good worker, or a good friend because 2020 has just hit you everywhere you turn and you try to get back on the right track, right? That's how we do. I'm going to go to church and I get back on the right track or, or, you know, 
This was an incredible worship service. You had this one moment on a mountaintop in 2020, and you're like, this is it. And Monday came, and you realized that the mountaintop experience was going away because you have to face the reality of whatever hurt, pain, disappointment that you have laid upon yourself. And you honestly think like I do at times. Man, God, God's done. God's either forgot me or I really am just unqualified or my mind is correct that I battle with. I am just a failure. And I have good news for you today as God has reminded me so much just in this past few weeks. We did a series in student ministry called Soundtrack, which is where we took worship songs and we broke those worship songs down. I was like, what's the story in scripture that these songs tell us? And there's a song called Here Again, man, that um, we'll sing here in a little bit. But Julie, who will be singing it, it's so weird. I was thinking about this. She sent me an email a long time ago and talked about this song and how beautiful it was and the fact of Jacob's ladder. And when Jacob had this dream, there was nobody that was more unqualified to do the things that he'd done than Jacob. And if you can't see yourself in Jacob, then you're way better than I am, I can tell you, because there's not a person in this room, young to, to old, that cannot relate to Jacob. So I want to read this to you in Genesis chapter 28, starting with verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. You thought your pillow was hard. You know, you know, try a rock. That's got to be uncomfortable. Sorry. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth. And with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And early the next morning, Jacob took a stone, and he had placed it under his head, and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called that place Bethel. This means the house of God, you know. And though the city used to be called Luz. And then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey, I'm taken and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I'll return safety to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you have given me, I will give you a tenth. Let's pray. Father, speak this morning in spite of me. Let your words be heard crystal clear. The message that our performance is not what qualifies us. It is you. And you have been doing it since the beginning of time. May we rest in that. May we be reminded of that. And Lord, may we enjoy your presence. For it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
uh, I know that this is going to shock a lot of you, um, but I was diagnosed with ADD a, a long time ago. I know, like, you're sitting there like, no way. Uh, the doctor had uh, told me, she's like, I have, you know, there's tough decisions I have to make on diagnosis. She's like, this is not one of them. Uh, she said, you have uh, attention deficit, deficit disorder. And I was like, I can't have that. There's tape right here. <laughs> I never noticed that. There's tape. I don't even know what it's for. Where was I? ADD. They said that I had ADD, and I'm like, there's no way. So they put me on medication for ADD, and my world started like, I was like, wow, I did have it because I was able to start focusing, right? And, and it was about the time I started working here when all this was going on. And then, because I, I'm 70% disabled, I, I had failed back surgery. The doctor had called me in and said, um, hey, listen, we got to stop your medication because they had me on this other medication. It was the only other medication that seemed to work for my disability. It didn't make me nauseated or loopy or any of that. And the doctor said, you got to make a choice, right? You either stay on your medicine for your ADD or you stay on this medication. So I chose this medication. ADD's over here, by the way. And I told the doctor, I was like, can you do me a favor? And he's like, Sure, what is it? I was like, can you prescribe everyone that I work with medication? Because when they find this out, right, and it didn't take but one day. I came into the office one day until Tammy realized it, right? And by the end of the day, I was telling Tammy, I was like, Tammy, I apologize because I hate the feeling of disappointing Tammy, Lynn, Wayne, everybody I work with, Wade, Julie, anybody that's in my, I hate disappointing people and it weighs on me and I carry it. And, and it would keep when no matter how many times people say it's okay, in my mind, I, it's not okay. I told Tammy, I was like, I'm so sorry today. I, I just want to let you know I'm off my medication. And Tammy was like, yeah, I figured so. <laughs> and I remember, man, and, and, and the reason I love working here, I remember Lynn had sat down with me one day and he had a talk. And he started off with like, hey, what I'm about to say is probably going to offend you. That's a great way to start off a conversation, by the way. So I braced for it, right? But if I didn't have Lynn in my life, I'm telling you, I would be a lot, lot worse. He has been a huge blessing on my life. And everything he said, I kept waiting for this offensive thing that he was going to say. But everything he said was spot on. I never, ever, ever have had an issue or a problem owning my story. If you come up to me and say, hey, Brian, I just want to let you know, you're the most unorganized person ever. And you walk out of here thinking that you stung me. I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad they noticed that. <laughs> Like, spot on. I'm glad they told the truth. Now, if you come up to me and you say, hey, bro, I just want to let you know, man, your organization, sk organization skills are off the chart. You're the best thing I ever worked with. I'm like, God, pray for that liar. Please. Yeah, somebody just said, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. In 2020, it hit me, man, because I... I couldn't, I just have a hard time focusing, and, and, and every single day I'm, I deal with the pain that I'm in. And in 2020, we had the pandemic, and, and it's like I'm so exhausted. I was just tired mentally, physically, and spiritually. And 
Church, I want to let you know, like with Jacob, because if you don't know Jacob's story, I'm going to give it to you in context in a nutshell. Jacob and Esau were brothers. It was a huge sibling rivalry. Uh, Esau was the firstborn, meaning he got the larger portion of the inheritance, right, when Isaac passed away. Jacob tricked him and stole that inheritance. So Esau was really, really, really mad, and so mad that he said, I am going to kill Jacob. And Rebecca, who is the mom, and because Jacob is a mama's boy, if you, if you read, it is there. She sent him away to escape the anger of Esau because she knew that Esau was going to kill him. They were fighting in the womb. They literally, if you read the story, they were fighting in the womb. It was a sibling rivalry like never before. Jacob, who was a liar, he was a cheat, he was deceitful, he was manipulative. And here he is going to Haran all alone, all by himself, having to think about everything that he just failed at, everything that he did wrong. The same way that you and I, and if you don't want to admit to it, I'll admit to it on me. 2020, I could sit down. In fact, I sit down one day in my recliner and thought about all the failures, all the disappointments, all the times I let people down, all the times I felt like the worst youth pastor ever, maybe a student leaves, or, or maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe a parent prank calls me, and it's like, I see what I did there? I hope the youth pastor gets angry. That, that never happened, by the way, I don't think. But here's the thing. I was reminded of all those things, no doubt the same way Jacob was when he was traveling on this long journey to Haran, and he comes to this place called Lux in the middle of nowhere. He's tired. Exhausted, not just from the trip, but from his failures, from his disappointments. And it was time for him to rest. He's fleeing for his life, and that's where we pick up the story. And literally, Jacob is running for his life. He's scared, he's tired, he's lonely. This journey is not just about Jacob's physical survival. We are going to find out that it is a spiritual journey. Most of us here this morning, I suspect, know what it's like to live life on the run. Some of us are running from our past, trying to escape the guilt of our past or our present or regret or failures or disappointments. Some are trying to get away from the pain, the losses, the brokenness of life. And sometimes we just want to leave behind the parts of our lives or ourselves that we just totally dislike. We could each tell a story of life on the run. And it may be specific to us, but it is really just another version of Jacob's story. I know you've been where I am because I, I remember one time somebody told me with just this huge wisdom. And I was like, well, why don't you just, you know, fix yourself? And I'm like, well, if I could do that, I would have done that a long time ago. I don't want to have ADD. I don't want to be physically tired. I don't want to be spiritually tired. I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to feel like a failure. I don't want to just like be so mentally tired because I'm trying to focus, right? And I'm like, I don't even, there's times when like the room is going so fast. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on right now. So I just say something random that makes zero sense to the conversation that is going on around me. Skittles are awesome. People aren't even talking about Skittles, but it's the only way I can bring my mind. So if you've ever been around me where I just say something and you're like, what is he talking about? I don't know either. I don't. And if I could fix that, I would. 
But I can't. I've tried. I've tried so many times. Focus, Brian. Fix yourself. Be a great husband. Be a great father. Be a good student pastor. Be this, be that. And I can't do it. I just end up exhausted in 2020, man. Beat me to death. And thank goodness, man. It wasn't for the people around me. Like I said, having conversations with me. There's several times Lynn and I have talked, and students, listen, never discount the older people in your life. Please don't. You, the times that you think your parents are crazy, they're not crazy. Wait, I know a few of your parents. Okay, most of your parents aren't crazy. I'm just kidding. But God placed these older people in your life, and when you're going through these tragedies, these hurt, these pain, and you go and you share this with your friends, that's great, but maybe your friend hasn't walked through any of those things, but God's like, hey, I'm giving you uh, so many people in your life that can give you wisdom right now. And Lynn's older than me. He's like 50 years older than me, right? I'm 46 going on 47. He's like 90. I don't know. All the stories that you laugh about, if your grandparents say they walked uh, to school in snow five miles, you know the story with them barefooted and all that. Those are true. It's not made up. They have what they're saying to you is, I have walked through many tough struggles in this life, and I have wisdom that God has given me through my failures to share with you. Don't discredit that. Don't throw it away. You absorb as much as you can. Jacob here is in this moment where he needs rest. Rest from his failures and rest from his anxieties and fears. And that's the first point I want to make. It's we all in this room need this kind of rest. This night alone on the hillside outside the city of Luz, resting his head on the stone pillow in this moment of rest, or better yet, surrender, is when God starts his healing in Jacob's life and is when he will start the healing in your life as well. But we have to get to this moment of rest, church. And when we do is when God will start reminding us, our second point, of who he is. And every single one of us need to be reminded of who God is. So while Jacob slept, he had one of the most famous dreams in history, in Genesis 28, 12, it says it like this. Tell us what he saw. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. So the amazing point is that God now speaks to Jacob. He had never spoken to Jacob before this. Abraham, sure. Isaac, sure. Not Jacob. This is the moment where God speaks to Jacob. Here. In the middle, as the song says, from his travel from home to Haran, here in the middle is where God meets Jacob. And he starts to speak to him. And Jacob sees this staircase or translated ladder. And above it, he sees God. I don't know how cool. I mean, that gives me chills. So he's here on the ground. God is at the top. Angels are descending up and down, sending all these messages. In this middle is where things start to happen. See, church, there was a reason that Jacob was a cheater and a liar and a manipulator. There's a reason why we are so exhausted because of 2020, if we will be honest. See, he has the same picture of God that a lot of us have 
today. We think maybe God is just too busy for us or he forgot us or he simply just not, does not care. That somehow God forgot about us in 2020. At the election, people didn't win and they didn't want to win. God's not in control. This pandemic, God has completely forgot about us. All the things that you're suffering from, the failures, the disappointments, the times in your life where you just don't feel like you can get up, the times where you feel like you're just not qualified to do anything for God. So you just forget God. And you start to do things on your own. And all of a sudden, you realize, man, I'm exhausted. Can I have about two weeks off? Can I have time just to rest my mind or, or rest my body? Because maybe that will re-energize me. And this whole time, you're not thinking about God or what God can do or the truth of who he is or how many times he has rescued people from the same things that we need rescue from. We honestly think that he forgot about us. So we start trying to make all these things happen on our own power. And before we know it, like I said, we're walking on a road all alone until we are literally just exhausted and alone. But church, when we are alone is when God does his best work. My friends, God does some of his most incredible work in those moments of rest or surrender. Because that's when he starts to dial in and remind every single one of us who he is, what he's done, and what he's going to continue to do. And the promises that you and I have seen so many times, but because the promise isn't working in our favor the way we want it to, we somehow think God has just stopped being God. We just start serving a God of our own imagination. We just start making up things about God that's not true. Because he won't fix our problems in our time the way that we want him to. And we need to be reminded we're not him. We're not even a fraction of who God is. And listen, church, as God reminded me, I want to remind you, we didn't invent failure. It didn't start with you. It didn't start with me. We didn't invent the fact that people have felt unqualified for a very, very long time. It happened way before us. We think somehow God stops using us because we have failed him miserably in what we call 2020. I mean, how could God ever use anyone in their failures, right? It doesn't make sense to us. We don't want God to be that way. I need to remind you of some things that God reminded me of. As God reminded Jacob, let him remind you as well these list of characters. Abraham, who was the father of many nations, but he was also a liar. Moses, who was the deliverer of God's people from Egypt, but was also a murderer and a fugitive on the run. David, who was a man after God's own heart, but was also an adulterer who wanted a woman so badly that after he slept with her, he had her husband murdered on the front lines of a battlefield where he was fighting for David. Peter, who preached on the day of Pentecost, but was such a coward when they took Jesus away to die, he said he didn't even know him. So I just want to remind you to see if you see yourself as a failure or unqualified or you think you're complicated. Listen, there's hope for you because it started way before you that your performance is not based on who God is. And I am so thankful that Church, if anyone, listen to me, because I know a lot of you may have went to different churches, or maybe you even heard it here. I don't think so. I hope not. 
But church, if anyone has ever told you that only perfect people get to play a part in God's purpose, they straight up lied to you. And shame on them. I am so grateful that like Jacob and everyone else, I just reminded you of that God knows our failures and had compassion for us in our failures. And when we confess these failures, when we, when we own up to them and we're honest with God, then we're reminded of limitations 3, 22 through 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When we're reminded, we realize, okay, maybe I need the presence of God in my life. See, in the middle of this dream, this amazing dream, Jacob is about to realize that he is in the presence of God and didn't even know it. See, in our third and last point, we all need the presence of God. Jacob found the presence of the living God in an unexpected place, in a place where he wasn't even looking. And so Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. See, God's presence transforms us in this moment in Jacob's life after everything that he had done in his own power now it was time for not only for him to rest and God show up to remind him of who he is but also to show Jacob how powerful his presence is and how it transforms us so it's transforming Jacob in this place in the middle of nowhere where Jacob least expects it which leads me to ask this of myself and you how often do we not realize that surely the Lord is in this place? How often do we miss God? And one of the biggest blunders in the spiritual life, and one I commit with great regularity is this, is assuming I know where to find God. However, God keeps ignoring my maps, showing up where I least expect it. And God's like, okay, if you're not going to kneel here, if we're not going to do this where you, you scream out to me, then I'm going to come meet you where you're at. And I am going to remind you of who you are and more, more importantly, remind you of who I am. And we're going to take this journey together because you need way more than just physical rest. Let me give you some spiritual rest here. And while you're resting in me, transformation is going to happen. And you're going to realize a few important things that Jacob realized way before us. Because Jacob reasoned this way. If God were here, I wouldn't have to do things this way. But God's not here, so I've got to take care of myself. But Jacob is wrong. And the message of the dream is this. Jacob, I am nearer to you than you think I am. Although I am in heaven and you are on earth, there's a stairway that reaches from me to you. And in fact, I am with you wherever you go, wherever you travel. When you travel, my stairway travels with you. I was with you in Beersheba. I was with you when you tricked your brother Esau. I was with you when you deceived your father. I am with you tonight in this moment. And I will be with you when you get to Haran. Everywhere you go, I am going to go with you. And I have always went with you. And if you study these words carefully, church, it becomes very, very clear that God is meeting Jacob at the point of his personal need. And it's the same with us. The stairway is still there. God's at the top, us at the bottom, in between. Praise God. There's Jesus. 
Here's my favorite part that I heard a pastor say one time. And last night, I just wept when I was reminded of this. I want to flash forward in Exodus 3. By this time, Jacob is dead. Moses, another so you know person who thought he was unqualified, another unqualified human, he's now on the run. And out in the middle of nowhere, needing rest, he sits beside a bush, which all of a sudden catches on fire and starts talking. If your kid came home from youth group, and you're like, hey, how was youth group? Oh, mom, it was awesome. I went outside, sat down by a tree. It caught fire and it started talking to me. Man, it's awesome. You're, you're getting your husband in the room and you're calling rehab. You're like, giving drugs at the church, man. It's no different from Moses. He's sitting there. He's tired. He's exhausted. He's feeling unqualified. He's like, what's going on in this moment out in the middle of nowhere? And then all of a sudden, a bush says, hey. That's why Moses probably had a stuttering issue is because, I mean, if a bush says hey to you, you're going to, you know? All of a sudden, God shows up in the burning bush. How crazy is that? And this conversation goes down. And I do not want you to miss this. Exodus 3, 13 through 15, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. And I want to stop here. This is what I was reminded of. Because I thought he was going to, going, going to say the God of Israel. Because how cool would that have been? Right? And God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Israel. That just sounds powerful. Because Israel is what Jacob was renamed twice. Once when he wrestled with an angel and one and second when he went back to Bethel, God gave him the name Israel. That was Jacob's good side. I don't know what the name of your good side is, right? Because we all have some split personalities, don't lie. There are days when we wake up and we're like, whoa, rainbows, unicorns, yeah. And there's days we wake up where we want to crush a rainbow and kill a unicorn. Don't lie. Don't lie. It's like when I go through Chick-fil-A and they're like, my pleasure. Sometimes I think they're probably like, I want to kill you. We all have those split personalities. Israel was Jacob's good side. Jacob was his bad side. Jacob was the failure. Jacob was the liar. Jacob was a cheater. Jacob is the one who felt unqualified. But Israel is who Jacob felt like, okay, now God's using me. So let's see how God finishes this verse. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. See, church, what we fail to realize many times is the God of our successes and our mountaintop experiences is the same God of our failures. And he reminds us in this passage, God of Abraham, God of Isaac. And listen, the God of the Jacob who felt so unqualified that I had to remind him in a dream that it's not you, it's me who does the work. It's not your performance. It's me who rescues. It's me who gives power. It's me who gives rest. 
The same God of our 2007 or what most successful year you felt like the most successful person or the best spiritually motivated person is the same God of 2020 and is going to be the same God of 2021. God's presence is not based on our performance. It shows up in places we least expect and when it does, it transforms us. It transforms us from unqualified to qualified surely the Lord was in this place as the band comes back to the stage the song goes like this I can't go back to the beginning I can't control what tomorrow will bring in other words we cannot control our past or our future events that's going to change our lives but I know here in the middle in the place where you promise to be That is, God promises to be with us in the middle of our lives and meet us at our most personal need. And we realize, not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. Maybe you had a horrible 2020 and maybe you took a hit spiritually the same way I did. But I pray this morning through the life of Jacob as you sing through his failures, through trying to work in his own power, through trying to rescue himself. I pray this morning that you just take a second as we respond to this song that we're about to sing, which is everything that we just read and talked about. I pray for just a second. You close your eyes and you say, God, meet me here. Let your presence rest on me because I need it more than ever. But I have failed as a husband, a father, a a, a boss, an employee, a friend. I have disappointed. I've let people down. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to be this way. The same exact thing that Paul said. I want to do right, but I always seem to mess up and do wrong. You can't fix that. You're not going to fix it. You may be there this morning. You may have real reasons on why you think God has forgot you, that God is not real. But I can assure you this from a life that I have seen through the journey that I have been on. That God is more real in my life than he's ever been. He never has moved. It's always been me. In your failures, just like in your successes, he's the same God. You have to go to him and say, this is the moment here in the middle where I realize you have never forsaken me. God, fix me because I can't fix myself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we give you glory. And Thank you that you are the God of our failures, that your compassions, Lord, are every single day, every single morning, they are new. You created us. You show us the hidden parts, the darkest parts of our lives, God, but we have to see the honesty in ourselves and share this honesty with you that you already know. God, meet us here in the middle on our journey today because surely, surely you're in this place. Let us not miss it. For your son Jesus' name we pray.